Hello, 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 listeners of the Mickey Blog Podcast. Welcome to another episode. This is super, super exciting. This is one of our all-time most anticipated episodes we've ever done. And that's because we have a special guest today. I'm not going to bore you with too much introduction today because, frankly, you guys aren't here to listen to me and watch me today. Uh, but either way, Alyssa, I know you have to be excited for this episode. Uh, without spoiling it, I mean, for our listeners, maybe not our viewers, uh, I know, I know you have to be just as excited as I am. I'm, I'm fangirling a little bit over here. Not gonna <laughs> lie. Uh, yeah, this is this is a, a true Disney icon, and we're yeah. thrilled to have her here. Absolutely. So let's jump right into it. As always, a new edition of the Mickey Blog Podcast. New episodes drop every single Friday. This episode and every episode is brought to you by Mickey Travels. We'll talk more about them later on. But today we have the great Stacy Oswat today. Did I pronounce that correct? I'm so sorry if I didn't. It means okay, it. I nailed it. Perfect. Sorry. Very, very <laughs> nervous. Like Alyssa said, kind of fangirling. Uh, the great Stacy on the podcast today. Now you may know all Disney fans, most Disney fans know Stacy from the great must-do Disney program that was always playing in our Walt Disney World resorts and Disney resorts as you got into your vacation, sat down, super, super exciting. She had an amazing run at the uh, Walt Disney Corporation and, and company, um, you know, working and spreading so much joy and, and uh, expertise for all of our Disney fans out there. She's also had experience working in voiceovers within the video game industry, uh, hosting a podcast and many other fantastic things that we'll also talk to her about. But I know many of you listeners and viewers want to know about that specific show that we all watch growing up. Uh, so let's jump right into it. First of all, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Stacy, we are so appreciative of you joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for what you guys put out into the world. You put all this beautiful, wonderful light and magic and happiness. So kudos to you. And thanks to everyone listening, watching. Um, I'm honored to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. We, you know, it's funny, Stacy. A while back, Alyssa and I actually did a whole a whole series of episodes on this podcast called the you know must do must do Disney. Uh, and I remember, uh, you know, and Alyssa will confirm this. We were middle of the episode, and we we're like, we're not Stacy, okay, guys, we're not that good, but we're gonna pretend. And maybe she'll come on the podcast someday. That was several months ago. So we're so happy this happened. But let's jump right into it. Um, let's let's go way back to the beginning. Before you ever became a part of the must-do Disney um, you know, program and everything that has become so beloved, uh, when did you first become a Disney fan? Is there a first memory that sticks out to you maybe in childhood or, or something that brings you into like, okay, you know what? This is something I'm pretty passionate about and might want to do something with my career with someday. Well, I've always been a performer. I mean, I was a dancer. My first part of my life was a dancer, choreographer, teacher. But as a, as a kid, I mean, I have a big family, an immediate family, an extended family. And so moving around that many people was not easy. So we spent a lot of time at home and, uh, you know, we would do little trips and stuff. But I had never gone to Disney World until I set foot in Disney World in 2005. So, but I remember growing up, I mean, I would watch, um, you know, Lady and the Tramp, and I, I loved watching Disney movies, 
And I just remember seeing commercials and everyone looked so happy and they were in pastel clothes and everyone's just like, you know, bluebirds landing on everyone's shoulders and stuff. So I just remember thinking, what a what a lovely, cool place. But it just never seemed like some place that I thought was real. I mean, I'm also the person who when I would hear when I would listen to the radio, I thought the bands I was little, this didn't just happen yesterday. But I thought the bands were in the radio station playing. So I was very confused when I would switch the station and a, a different station, the same band. I'm like, how did they get to that station so fast? So I do have a bit of an, <laughs> a little bit of an ideal, idealized vision of the world sometimes. But I just remember thinking it was such a happy, everyone looked so happy. And it just seemed like a dream, kind of a dreamy place that existed on earth. So, um, I mean, we didn't, watch a lot of tv and movies growing up actually my parents were very you know we did a lot of hanging out and talking and activities and so we didn't park ourselves in front of the television a lot growing up um plus i was always dancing you have to pry me out of the ballet studio but but yeah i think you know i would see it when i would see a movie it would just be you know at, at risk of being corny like it was magical like you just watched it and and the music and the animation and the colors and it was so vivid and so it definitely was I didn't know that I would ever grow up to be the Disney host but um who knew I mean I guess I I have pictures of me little as a little girl like you know kind of mugging in front of you know the family and I would you know perform for the family so I guess I was preparing for it I just <laughs> yeah that's amazing so Stacey how did I have to ask you because I'm curious how did the must-dos come about how did that land in your lap and become what it has always been which is magical well I was living in North Carolina at the time and I went to as I did we would drive to Atlanta four hours each way to audition for things. That's just what you did. You drove to Wilmington and I was doing TV and film. And so you just got in the car and put on good music and drove. And I was going there for another audition. And when I was there, the casting director said, Hey, we've got this thing that just came in for Disney parks and it's for tomorrow, but I don't want to make you drive back. So I'll put you on tape for it. And so I was like, okay. So I go back to my trunk of my car, which was like a walking wardrobe. And I change my clothes and come back in. And I remember it was it was that at that time it was the top seven must sees. And so I, uh, the part of the copy they gave me was about Summit Plummet. As we all know, we love Summit Plummet. So I remember just trying to cram it into my brain and get as familiar. But again, I'd never been to Disney World. So I'm talking about this stuff and I'm just trying to imagine what it could be and what I'm doing and all of this. And I'd also never done that. I had never done straight to camera hosting before. I'd never done hosting like that. So I was like, oh, come on, you know, as I do a lot with my life is I do a lot of the things for the first time in front of people, but no one knows it. I just go like, yes, I'm a pro. Sure. No idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so I, they put me on tape and um, drove back four hours to Charlotte. And the next day they called and said, well, uh, you have a call back. So can you come back the following day? So I drove back to Atlanta again for the callback. And uh, it was me and a few other girls there. And the director was there. 
And I found out later that they had done a nationwide casting and it and things had gotten kind of behind schedule. So they were really under the gun to get this cast and figure it out. So everything was moving really quickly. So the director was there and it was just like they needed to make decisions. So I went back, did my thing. Uh, I remember the director asked me on my resume. He's like, it says you play golf. Do you really play golf? It's like, of course, I don't lie on my resume. He goes, okay. And he's a really good golfer, which I found out later. So as you remember, if you remember from the top seven, the crack off the tee, that was not a stunt double. That was me. Over the water, he went flying. First take, they were all like, oh, okay. I said, like, just take for a safety. Anyway, that was like a very fun, braggy, sporty moment for me. But so anyway, I auditioned, uh, went to the callback. And a couple of days later, they said, you got it. And this script came in the mail and it was this big, chunky 25 pages. And I had a couple of weeks to learn it and it had to be word perfect. And it was one of those moments where I kind of went, okay. So you know how, like when you're, when you want something and then you get it and then you go, oh, can I do this? Is this? Oh, okay. So I just remember cramming it into my brain and I, I flew down to Orlando and I'm talking to myself on the plane and I'm just trying to act like I know what I'm doing. And I, and I got there and um, we shot in World Showcase was the first shot. And it was just, well, we did a couple of days of wardrobe first, tried on, you know, tons of wardrobe and tankinis and all this stuff, shoes and earrings and everything and, and lots and lots of um, fun fittings. And then we started shooting and that first, that first filming, I was there like a good week and a half and we shot a lot, we shot a lot, long days, long days. And um, yeah, and then it was supposed to be for a year and um, it, my one year gig turned into 15, so. I don't think anybody would ever watch that and think you had not been going to Disney since you were born. Mm. I mean, I know, it, it, right? I mean, hearing that you didn't grow up Disney it, mm. is is shocking because you're so natural at it, and it it's just you make you know. With I have to just say this real quick: when you go into a resort room and you were playing on the screen. It gets people excited for what they're about to go do. And you had a big part in that. So you yeah. had a really big part in people's excitement as they were about to go do what you were doing. I think that's a really big, it's a big deal. And you've touched so many lives by doing that. Thank you. Well, I did, I did, uh, I was Mickey Mouse for Halloween a few times. And I've always loved <laughs> Uh, my love affair with Mickey was not fake. I do. I've always loved Mickey and Minnie. Um, but thank you. I appreciate that because it was really important to me to be authentic. I mean, obviously, you know, I play different roles. I play not every character I play in my voiceover life or in my on-camera life is me. But, mm -hmm. you know, I know part of what resonated with the directors and the casting was that it seemed you know, I wasn't faking. I wasn't faking enjoying things. Yeah. I wasn't faking being happy. It wasn't like I was this, you know, whatever kind of person. And then, hey, everybody. <laughs> so I am, I am an upbeat person. I am, 
you know, I, I believe that whatever I have been blessed to be able to do, I need to leave the situation better than I find it. I need to be a blessing. I need to remember that, you know, you're, you saw me on camera with characters and so on, but it took an incredible community of people behind the scenes to make all that happen. So I'm always very cognizant of the fact that I am one piece of a puzzle. It is not about me. It is not, oh, the Stacey show. I mean, it's, it took really a beautiful, incredibly talented, dedicated village of people to make those shows happen. The top seven must sees and the year of a million dreams and must do Disney and all of it. Um, and all the people that were in the shots with me and on the rides with me and, and, you know, all those really sweet, wonderful people who spent hours and hours in the heat and, and um, made it part of the scene. Uh, they were lovely. And so I really appreciate that I got to be continually. I mean, each time I went, which I do all the time. I mean, if I'm working on something, I always just assume it's the last thing I'm going to do. Because I think I just stay, I try to stay in a place of gratitude and appreciation for what I get to do. And so I never went and was like, oh yeah, here I am at Disney again. Um, I kind of thought, oh, okay, take the little toiletries because these might be the last ones I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I just, um, I just feel like every time I, I, I went from the first time and, and the dozens of times I got to go, in every resort that I got to stay in. I just really, my motto of my life is be where your feet are. And I just really try to do that. I just try to be very present because the moments that you're in will only happen that way one time. So I, I you, know, you were immersed, you immersed yourself. Yes. Yes. I love that. That's what Disney's all about anyway. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, it is. It is. And it's such a great representation of just togetherness and family, however you define it, and happiness. And uh, I think it brings out, yeah, I think it brings out the best versions of people if they allow it to happen. And so I think, uh, I think that's why people really love going and being there because you just kind of, it's almost like time stops. And you go into this capsule of happiness and whatever is waiting for you when you leave, you can deal with better because of the experiences you've had there, I think. Yeah, I think, well that's a, I think that's a beautiful way to, to put it, yeah. to be honest with you, Stacey. I also, I was thinking about it when Alyssa sort of asked you about uh, or mentioned how nobody would expect you haven't been going to Disney your whole life when they were watching that. I actually almost think in a way that actually helped you because when you were doing these episodes, you really were being genuine because you were getting to experience a lot of things, maybe not necessarily for the very first time, sometimes maybe, but also for one of the first few times you've ever done it. So during those early times you were on the show, it was kind of like you, uh, getting to live out that childhood, getting to go to Disney for the first time. So it's a lot easier to be excited about things when you haven't done it a thousand times, you know, don't get me wrong. Alyssa and I still get excited walking down main street, but it's <laughs> it, even though we have been a thousand times, but it's a lot easier and more natural to get excited about things when it's kind of, you know, fresher to you. So I almost think that might've, that might've helped you a little bit, but you know, I, I do have to ask you about this next, because one of the things that I often see 
as a parks reporter and as someone who covers the Disney parks, you know, there's like a, there's like a, I, I, I don't like using the word cult because it sounds bad, uh, but there's almost like a cult following for people who still say to this day, bring Stacy back. We love Stacy. Like I miss Stacy. So um, did you ever expect, I guess, when you first started out, I know you were just mentioning that you sort of treat every every job like it's your last. I think that's a great mentality. But did you ever expect, you know, maybe that first first year to turn into 15? Or did you ever expect the fans to to love this as much as they did? Because I can tell you, everybody that I spoke to about setting up this interview was like, what do you mean? Like they were very excited because there's still such a huge following and, and uh, care for, for what you did. So, yeah, I guess that's my question is, did you ever expect it uh, to be, to be this big or, or people to still, still be calling your name back and, and wanting you back and everything like that? I mean, the enthusiasm that people have for what we created is it just literally warms my heart and it makes me I mean I've sent little videos to people whose kids were tiny and now they're getting married and I send them like a congratulations <laughs> on your wedding video and so it's it's really cool to be a part of family milestones and people's milestones and and you know if I helped a kid fall asleep um who was ornery or having difficulty I mean I feel I feel like I'm the um the family member that didn't need a table for the reservation. And, and it means a lot to me. And I, I think that, you know, I feel like I, obviously I was working because I had to hit a mark and I had to make sure I said the words and I had to make sure my ad libs were on brand. And, you know, I was doing my job um, to create this, to make sure that what the vision Disney had was realized so, you know, when you're performing, you're, you're putting out this, you know, I, when I was talking to the camera lens, I felt like I was talking to each one of you. And I felt like we were in this together. But at the same time, I knew that there was an expectation. And, and each time I went back, actually, I would watch the show because I had to match myself. I had to make sure that I... You know, I wanted to make sure, okay, was my hair to the, were they, you know, what did my hair look like? And, you know, obviously the, the amazing um, makeup artist and stylist made sure that all matched. But my energy, my tone, I needed to make sure because a lot of the footage from 2005 was there in 2007 and 10. And they just kept inserting things and taking things out as things were updated. So I think it's kind of fun when people, when you look at some of the shows and you realize it spanned years of time but it kind of seems like it, it all just kind of worked somehow which is kind of cool and I think that when I first got there I mean no one knew who I was they didn't really know what we were doing and so the whole idea was not to interrupt the guest experience so when people would kind of be walking by and be like oh, who's this girl with like all these people and what's going on and then as it ha as it kept going and then people would recognize me they would stop and watch us filming so that was always fun because I knew that you know we would maybe shoot eight ten hours a day and sometimes we would do with something we could only do it once or twice because the monorail had to go and then we couldn't wait 20 minutes and so or sometimes we'd be doing things like five ten I mean the 
the whole, oh my gosh, the, the wave knocked me down 12 times, 12 <laughs> times. And I'm convinced we still joke about it. I'm like, I know you got it in like take three, but you just thought it was funny to watch me get pumped. <laughs> Some things were just done over and over again for various reasons. And so part of my job is that I will give you a hundred takes if that's what we need to do. But I want to make sure it's not because I'm messing up. So um, when people would stand around watching, it was it was like a recorded show, but a live audience. So I wanted to make sure that I was nailing it because people were like taking pictures and we were signing some autographs. And it was really cool to get to meet people. And then they would um, they would interact with me a little bit as we would walk to the next shot. and you know, can you hold my baby? Okay. I'll hold your baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was, um, you know, it's still, it's still very lovely that people, I mean, after all this time, still remember it, still love it. I, I do get a lot of messages, you know, why aren't you coming back? And I, I will just tell you, it's not my decision. <laughs> you know, it's not like they said, come back. And I said, thank you. No. Um, the world has changed a lot in the last few years and, and none of us expected pandemics and all of that. And so, um, you know, I can only feel grateful and fortunate for the, the work that I got to do and all the relationships and all the wonderful people like you guys have brought into my life. And, you know, I think the cool thing is we'll always have it. It will never be erased. It will always be a part of the Disney history and the Disney story and my story. It's by far one of the highlights of, of my career to date, um, being able to do that. And so I think we can we can grieve about what isn't happening, but we should, I think for me, I like to celebrate what has happened and yes. be in that place of, of abundance that, that we actually got to do it, not it's not happening again. And you know, whatever happens next, I'm sure they'll do something wonderful. And um, what is that expression? Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I had to throw that in because, right, you have to be you can't be sad that it's not there. You have to just look and say it's in you know prosperity. It's always going to be there. Yes. We can always pull it up as our you know, we have 350 agents at Mickey Travels. And I can tell you when we told them we were doing this podcast, actually, Jared did. They're like, I listen to the must-dos when I'm mopping the floor. I listen to the must-dos <laughs> when I'm missing Disney. Yeah. And you yeah. know what? It might have been something that, you know, doesn't exist anymore, but it does exist. Exactly. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't not exist. It's just, it's there when you want to pull it up. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, one of my favorite quotes, uh, you know, just didn't expect to throw this out there on this podcast, but it made me think of it. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is you die twice. Once when you pass away and the second time when someone says your, your name for the last time. Um, and I think with you, Stacey, like people say your name and watch the show, you know, still constantly on a daily basis. I mean, a lot of people who love, love, love Disney still do it. It's a nostalgic thing because for me as a kid, I remember being an eight, nine-year-old kid on my first few Disney trips and we would just put it on the TV and it would just play on a loop when we were in the room getting ready. Back then, my mom was such an intense Disney mom that she had like 
Ziploc bags with our daily outfits and like, you know, <laughs> like it, it was so intense, but we were just, she would point at the TV and she'd say, see, we're going to do that today. You know? Um, so right. it's a nostalgic thing for so many people, because for me it is, I think back, oh man, like that brings me back to being eight again and yeah. being with all four of my siblings who I don't get to see all that often anymore. So that's really the legacy when you think about it. It's more about, uh, you know, how, how many people still get to enjoy it. And, and I think that's a, that's a special thing because yes, all good things must come to an end. Uh, but uh, it's still, it's still, you know, um, doesn't, doesn't mean it's over is, is kind of what Alyssa was getting at, which I totally agree with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that we can, we can dwell on, um, you know, I think, I think really it's about change and not everybody likes change but change i think doesn't always mean bad it just means different and so mm -hmm. we can still hold on to that but we can still allow ourselves to embrace what's next and um you know it, i think there's something there's something to be said for leaving the party before you are asked to clean up so i think i got to leave the party before uh, you know, who knows? I mean, <laughs> left on a high note and, and I thought it was going to keep going and then it didn't. So, um, but that's okay. That's okay. I think it's just, um, it's just part of, of, I mean, just like bad times don't last forever. The good stuff doesn't last forever either, but it means. I think if you leave before people, when, with people still wanting more, mm -hmm. that's a good time to leave. You know, you don't want to <laughs> leave when people are like, you know, those like movies that are like, Da, 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 nine and you're like okay yeah. i was done at four you yeah. know like or you know the the rerun the the um spin-off television shows where you're like that's a seventh generation we're done with it you want to leave like you said on a high note where people want more and let them let them just go back and remember what there was yeah. you don't ever want to say oh gosh are they gonna ever change this you know this is getting no. old this is getting stale you don't want to leave when it's stale <laughs> I know, I always want to be like, I'd be in like a hover round, you know, going <laughs> my way yeah. through the parks. But um, yeah, I mean, the people are so loyal and so lovely. And I just thank each and every one of you for that because you just, you just have no idea how much that means. And I mean, I don't walk around going, <laughs> I'm Disney fabulous, but it's very lovely for people to look at me that way because it just lets me know that what I was feeling and how I was trying to portray everything that was put in front of me, that people believed it and got on board with it and that it, it made them happy. So that's, that's a huge victory. I'm very proud of that. You know, I think the biggest takeaway is, if I can say this, is um, you were and still are a big part of people's magical memories and vacations. Um, that's a really, it's a responsibility and it's also a blessing at the same time. Um, you know, our agency, we have a partner in helping people find those perfect vacations and memories and magic. And you equally have that role. And I can tell you, I don't take that role lately. I've been a Disney travel planner almost 16 years and help thousands of families and it never gets, you know, complacent or old. It gets better and better and better. And you, you absolutely 
I can speak on a personal level. You had an impact on my vacations yeah. um, and many, many more. So that is going to be forever. So you made a difference. Thank you so much. Yeah. It means a lot to me. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. And that, that lasts a lifetime. I mean, the truth is, is that, you know, kind of what Alyssa was alluding to. Uh, Alyssa is the co-owner of Mickey Travels. Uh, you know, a diamond Disney travel agency. And, you know, and I work primarily with the Mickey blog, which is a Disney parks blog. And, and, you know, I, I'm no Stacy. So I, I don't, <laughs> I don't pretend to be, pretend to be that, but, but I will say, I will say um, it was just a week ago. I ran into a couple outside of uh, the tune in lounge in Hollywood studios. They say, Hey, I, you know, I watch your show. I love it. We actually use several of your recommendations on the trip. And my first question was like, not thank you. It was just like, how was it? Like the, the recommendations work out. And they were like, yes, like, thank you so much. Like though it's little things that you realize with your words or your actions that you're making a direct impact on other people's lives and what they're doing. And mm -hmm. Alyssa and the agency has been doing that for a long time. And obviously you did that for generations of people, really, when you think about it, because you might not think generations in 15 years, but trust me when I say uh, yeah. there's people out there playing it for their kids and their kids right now are like, hey, who's this Stacy lady? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, so I did want to ask, um, you know, because this is something I was thinking about personally, do you have any like memories of whether it's filming the show or certain things you got to do that you look back upon like most fondly? Because, you know, obviously, like you said, you, you thought you were doing it for like a year and then boom, it was 15, which is amazing. So over that 15 year stretch, is there any time periods that that you feel like, oh, you know what? Um like that that's something i really remember uh or was really funny that golf story was really awesome um by the way <laughs> but uh but yeah like uh are there is there anything specific that makes you think like um you know uh like i really i just i still think about this to this day kind of thing oh gosh yeah i mean i definitely have some highlights and some interesting <laughs> lowlights um i mean you know we we would sometimes film I mean, we would start at, you know, five in the morning. So it was, it was dark. And so when you're in Magic Kingdom and the sun is just coming up over the castle and, you know, you just, it's quiet and you can literally just hear like little rustling. And it's just, um, that was always so special, just the tranquility and realizing how many, how many feet and how many souls had walked through that and feeling that sort of magnitude of the history of the place. I loved that. I mean, I loved, I loved the attractions. I mean, I'm so ruined now because you'd have, you get to ride things three, four, five times and just over and over. And now I ride something. I'm like, really? It's over? Really? Can I just yawn and loop it? So, it's kind of spoils me. Um, and I, I do talk when I'm, on, when I'm writing. So people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm so used to talking while I'm doing that. Um, I, I remember getting some weird rash. I must have leaned against something in Animal Kingdom. And that happened like the last two days of filming. So thankfully, we were moving back to World Showcase. So I had my long sleeve shirt on there, um, which covered it. But you know, I, I loved all the blisters and the bruises because it was just, it meant we really went hard and we got what we needed. And, um, 
you know, I loved when we got to, like, I loved the challenge of um, knowing that all eyes were on me. I had one chance to get it right. I had to get all the words perfect. You know, people are on headsets listening for every single word. And I just loved the challenge over and over and over of just, I have to tell the story. I have to be authentic. I have to be um, a guide for people and make people feel included. And I had that sort of stake of like, but you got to get it right. And um, the funny part is I remember I was a good mm, eight years in, nine years in and found out that I could have had a teleprompter, but I didn't know. <laughs> they were like, well, you showed up and you just knew everything and you didn't see. And I was like, I didn't know it was an option. And then, you know, eight, nine years in, I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to make the poor DP hold this. I mean, the camera's already heavy enough and he's super tall and I'm not super tall. And he's, you know, got the camera on his shoulder. And I'm like, nope. And then at that point, I'm like, well, I can't have a teleprompter now. No. So it was just that challenge of like, you know, I used to be a competitive skater. So it's like that challenge of you have one chance to do it. And granted, I knew there'd be multiple takes. But for me, every take was the winner and every take had to be great. So I just really loved that. And I, I, you know, going into World Showcase and just the different smells and the different sounds and the colors and the flowers and just every time I went there, it never got old or it never was like oh here I am again and I mean I know I'm saying a million things but I mean the resorts and I mean the first time I walked into the Grand Floridian I literally went oh I get it now okay mm -hmm. again I'd never been to Disney World I'd never stayed anywhere I you know you see pictures and things like that but it was it was crazy or when I was in um Animal Kingdom Lodge mm -hmm. and I open up the curtain and there's a giraffe hello how are you? I mean, it was just, it was crazy. It was so cool. Just so many, so yeah. many, so many, so many things. I have to say something that just hit me that I love that you said was that you were telling a story. Hmm. Because that's what Disney's all about. Disney is about storytelling, right? From the moment you enter the gates, you know, every attraction for the most part has a story leading up to the attraction, which is what they're famous for with their keys. Walt was a storyteller. The Imagineers are storytellers. And I love the fact that you were a storyteller. And I love that you said that I was here to tell the story because that is so authentic because that's what Disney's about. You know, I'm sure there's other um, jobs that you've had where it's a little bit more like I'm here to, you know, be a little bit more, you know, da -da -da. Disney, can't, you can't do that with Disney. And one of the things you mentioned about the teleprompter is I would never have even thought either way, but I love that you didn't have one because I feel like that was you. And I know you memorize things, but it came out from here out versus reading. And I think that might've changed. I don't know. We'll never know. Maybe that would have changed yeah. how you delivered and how you told your story. Yeah. I mean, I think, because obviously, I mean, I'm a dancer, so I mean, I wanted to be able to twirl and go upside down or do whatever, um, you know, dancing, you know, feel the rhythm in my blood, you know, that whole part. I love that part. I mean, that was just all like improvised and uh, the dance part. And, you know, I wanted to have the freedom and just really 
I mean, the writers were amazing. And I think as, as we kept working together, they really got inside my brain. And so we were, we had, we developed a language that made sense. But again, it's my, it's my responsibility if I'm speaking gibberish to make it seem like it's how I would say it. So that's my responsibility. But I loved that when I would do B-roll, you know, where they say, go into, you know, go in there and, and do stuff. And some of the stuff made it in, was just improv- improvised and some stuff didn't. But it was cool to just go in there. But I, I had to sort of keep in mind the story that I'm telling, the parameters, so that it made sense and it, it could be slotted in if it was needing to fit. So I definitely felt a, a responsibility to honor the the work of the writers, the integrity of the company. And I had a responsibility to make sure that I was a good spokesperson. And I think definitely along the way as the years went on and I, there was a time it was, it was right before Must Do Disney. So it was, it was the end of 2008. And so that I'd been there three years or so. And they said, okay, well, thank you so much. And we're going to do something else and go in a different direction. Great. Thank you. And then a couple of weeks went by and actually, Stacy, we are going to go in a different direction and you're going with us. Will you, will you stay on? And so it was like, okay. So then that was 2009 I filmed uh, Must Do Disney. And it, I think it was like January of 2009, we started that campaign. So it was just really cool that like, I just feel like I don't, I don't like to force things. I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing for reasons I may not know or understand in the present or down the line. But I just feel like when you force things and you try to manipulate things, it doesn't work. And I am not a perfectionist. I am conscientious. So whatever I do, I do a thousand percent or I don't do it at all. But I also recognize that some stories are not for me to tell. And whoever gets to tell those stories, I celebrate that for them. And I believe there's enough for all of us to go around. So I try to just make sure that if I was put there, because I did have a moment of, I've never done hosting like this ever. Okay. I've never been to Disney World. I have no idea what a magic your way I don't know what's what I'm like speaking Greek but I'm like somebody saw something that that worked so I'm not going to second guess that I'm going to trust it and because all the energy that I would spend going I don't know maybe I can't guess what I have hemorrhaged all that energy and I've wasted all that time Instead, I just go, great, okay, well, I'm going to fake it till I make it, and hopefully I won't have to fake it too long because the clock is ticking. And so I just jumped in, and I went, okay, great, let's do it. And and I think it, it really worked out, and I got to work with incredible people and incredible directors who were really fun and really smart and really creative and, and were just open and I pushed them and they pushed me and we just we were all in it for a bigger reason than ourselves we wanted to make something super super magical and I think that 
a lot of times the production would say to me, we appreciate that what we see, when what people see in the parks, what people see on social media, it all jives. And I think that yeah. that is part of why I stayed around. I think people liked it, but then I also think that it was all kind of in agreement and it all kind of clicked. So yeah, well, that's, that's great journey. No, awesome. I mean, that, that's, that's awesome. And, and uh, just so you guys know, I'm not uh, cutting in just because the podcast is over. We still got more questions for Stacy, but we have reached our halfway point as we do every episode. So I do want to take a moment to mention that this episode of the Mickey Bog podcast is sponsored by Mickey Travels and Mickey Travels is an actually recognized leader in Disney vacation planning. They are diamond earmarked by Disney and their services are always 100% free. Reach out to Mickey Travels today for a free quote on your Disney vacation at mickeytravels.com. That's mickeytravels.com, making magic one vacation at a time. And there are some amazing promos that just came out for the rest of 2023 and early 2024. So definitely head over to mickeytravels.com if you want to learn more about that. But back to the show, of course, we're so excited uh, for this episode. So, so yeah, Stacy. so one of the things that stuck out to me um, about you know, what you were just talking about and, and also what Alyssa was mentioning, um, you know, because I really, I feel oftentimes Alyssa and I agree on this podcast, thankfully. Uh, and I'm really agreeing with what she's saying so far when she's been, you know, I know, I know we, Hey, we have our Disney battles, our Disney debates. Uh, but, but no, uh, Alyssa has been talking about it a lot and you've been mentioning it, but storytelling and collaborating and things like that, it is a huge part of the Disney story. And, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me is like, okay, like, even if I'm not so sure about this, someone else is going to know and, and things like that. Like, so, you know, did you ever consider like, while you were filming, uh, this wasn't a part of the agenda, by the way, it's just something I thought of. Did you ever consider while you were filming, like, oh, you know what? I might not be a huge fan of this ride, but someone else is going to be, or I might not be a huge fan of this land or this part of the park or this show, but someone else is going to be because the beautiful part about the Disney parks is there really is something for everybody. If you don't like thrill rides, that's fine. There's plenty of slow rides. The people mover is like my favorite attraction. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to go on rock and roller coaster every day. Uh, but uh, I guess I, w I was curious about that because I'm sure while you were filming, there were certain Disney things that you were like, I like this a lot more than that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I love, I love the thrill rides. I love, I mean, the, we were, I twirl the teacup so much, the camera, the cameraman almost, he's like, I might throw up. I'm like, sorry. Um, <laughs> I want to make it fun. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I love the thrill rides, and uh, but I know that some people don't. Uh, people said I I love you and I hate you because you made Summit Plummet look fun, and I was so terrified, but I had to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, I think again, it's my job to offer the information. Um, to the best of my ability. And then if someone chooses to pick it up and run with it, that's their, their decision, but it's not my place to judge it and say, this is better than that. Um, but I think that uh, that's part of the brilliance of Disney is that they really think about the whole landscape of the trip and the whole landscape of the different populations that go there and what works and what doesn't. And, you know, you can literally just sit there 
and smell the French fry smell if that's what you want to do. I mean, isn't that crazy? It's like brilliant. But, um, but I think that I felt I, even, even after I'd gone many times, it didn't feel, it didn't feel a routine or like when I would be in front of the castle, like I would see something different each time. And part of that was just because I, I employ my curiosity as much as possible in my life at all times, because I feel like there's, there's always a laughter or a lesson in everything good or bad. And so I always try to find it and it, it's on, you know, I never say, Oh, I'm so bored. Well, then I'm not living well enough if I'm bored because there's no reason in my opinion, just for me to be bored because there's always something to learn. There's always something to give. There's always something to be um, receiving. So I definitely felt like, uh, I mean, there were a few things that strangely enough, when they were in the casting, they asked, you know, if I had body piercings other than my ears, they asked if I had visible tattoos. but they never asked me, do you get motion sickness? Do you have a problem? <laughs> they never asked me about riding rides. Feels kind of important. Funny. <laughs> Are you scared so of heights, I, you know? There <laughs> were a couple of times when they said, oh, well, you know, people can get motion sickness on this. So, you know, we don't have to do it. I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm I'm doing all of it. We're doing it as many times as we need. I'm not faking it. So just like, we're, I'm like, I'm fine. I used to do offshore sailboat racing in the middle of the Atlantic. I'm like, I don't get sick. I'm fine. And if I do get sick, I'll get sick. And then we'll go back on with it. So I never did get sick, but I was like, no, I, I want to be experiencing it in, in real, in real time, full stop without, you know, faking it. So that was always really fun. Awesome. That's awesome. So, so Stacey, would you say today you have continued as a big Disney fan? Um, has that sort of, now that it's, you know, sort of that's in your past, what you mm-hmm. did with the must-dos, mm-hmm. uh, do you visit often? Do you still love it as, you know, have you, has it grown your love? Where are you with your love of Disney? Uh, it's definitely more informed for sure. Now when people talk about something, I'll be like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. That attraction is the bomb. You know, like I do definitely now I, I, I have experience, which is great. Strangely enough, I now, uh, live in Florida and I don't have to commute. So, so it's pretty funny that I commuted from Los Angeles for 15 years and now I wouldn't have to commute and I don't have the gig. So that's hilarious to me. Um, But that's okay. (laughs) Uh, But I definitely, I mean, with voiceover, I'm doing any things voiceover for Disney is always cool. And so I definitely love the uh, version of, of storytelling that's unseen with doing voiceover, which is cool. So definitely, I mean, it's one of those things, it's like, it's like a tattoo on your heart. I mean, you can never not have it. It's kind of like the best, the best infection you can get, you know, once you've been infected by it, that magical, wonderful 
sort of utopia, you can't not love it. It's sort of an unspoken love. When people say to me, why do you love Disney so much? And it's that's a hard question to answer because it's sort of like you have to come inside of me and right. go into my brain and my heart and really know what I feel about it. Um, so it's kind of hard. Um, something that when we work with first timers that have never been to a Disney destination, explaining to them what they're about to experience is very difficult. Right. You know, it, I, I can sit there and try to explain what an attraction's like or a restaurant or a resort. They have to, they have to do it. They have to yeah. get in there. Um, I've always been a tangible learner, a tangible experiential person. Um, I can read something that's not enough for me to understand it. Mm-hmm. I need to get in there. I need to taste it, smell it, see it, hear it, feel yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and that's, by the way, going back to you, one of the reasons I think the must-dos is so special because you bring people along with you and you can actually feel what you're feeling as you're going through all the different things, all the must-dos. Um, you feel that. and. I feel like that is something that is so special. And I think that's why it stood the test of time. Yeah. I also, yeah. I Like when you read, when you reread a book or you rewatch a movie, depending on where you are in your life, it's going to land differently. And so I think Disney is, it is ever evolving, but every person who goes there, when you go as a five-year-old, when you go as a 50-year-old, when you go single, companion, as a parent, as a caretaker, whatever your role is in your life, whatever role you're playing, you're going to appreciate things differently. So it's not like, even when you go to a restaurant, you can order the same entree, but because of what's happening in your life and where you are and your experiences, it's going to taste different. So I think that it doesn't ever get old because we are always changing and our experiences are changing and our lives are highs and lows. And maybe we're going to run towards something. Maybe we're escaping from something when we're there. So I think it's really, um, it's, it's kind of this living, breathing thing that we can decide how it fits into where we are in our life at that time. Yeah, I think, I think that's really well said. And Alyssa brought up a good point too, about, you know, about the parks and it's hard to describe because I remember being a kid and going to the parks and like my main mission was always like, I got to get on every single ride. Maybe that's just the way my mom trained our brains, but we were like 6 a.m. to midnight, uh, extra magic hours back when that was uh, more relevant and things like that. Like we were like getting back to our rooms, like feet just like hurting and pain. Uh, And nowadays I like to go to the parks and grab like, uh, on my days off, I'll go with my wife and I'll have like a cocktail and like sit outside a Tower of Terror. And I'm like, I'm good. Like, that's it. Like, I don't I don't need anything else. Maybe I'll watch a show. A few weeks ago, I literally went to Hollywood Studios just to eat at Sci-Fi Dine-In because that's like a classic eating location. And then I left. And I remember thinking to myself, like, am I weird for doing this stuff? But it, it just evolves. Like, your love for it changes and what you're into changes I mean, the attractions that I like now, I would I would have never liked 10 years ago to the level that I do now. And that's kind of the point, right? Is like, you know, it, it, it's like anything. You, you're going to appreciate your family cabin uh, that you visit once a year more, as you said, uh, once you're in your 30s or your 40s or your 50s. You know, it just changes. It, it evolves. But yeah. um, 
you know, one of the things that I did want to ask you, because I feel like I'm like obligated after all the must do's and advice you gave over the years. <laughs> uh, do you have one that you always thought was like, that's the tip? Like, that's the one I had to give out. Um, I know it was sort of a script oriented show. And I understand like not all of it was up to you. Um, but was there ever anything that you found people really resonated with when you were giving out tips or, or even things that you thought like, this is the, the attraction that brings everybody a smile, anything like that? Because, you know, when it comes to like Disney must do's, obviously it's hard because Alyssa and I spoke about this in our must do episode is like, it's subjective, right? Like certain people are going to say you know, uh, Haunted Mansion is a must-do, and someone else might say, I hate Haunted Mansion. That's not a must-do to me. So so it's tough, you know, making that like a, you got to do this. But was there ever any one that sort of stuck out to you, or, or two, or three, whatever? But <laughs> Like what I would say in the top seven, you know, top seven, it's like 107. You know, I mean, <laughs> some people would be like, Expedition Everest, hard pass. I loved it. I would, I mean, when I got to ride, I, when that opened, I shot, I, I shot all of the, the walk and talk about it, but it wasn't ready. So I went back just to ride it and experience it a few times. I was there for like 36 hours. I flew in, rode it a bunch of times, we put everything together. And then I, you know, then I left and, and they did that. But I mean, because it was that at that time was going to be the number one attraction. And so they're like, we can't just show B-roll. If it's the number one, she has to be on it. So I literally flew in, wrote it a bunch of times and left. <laughs> but I mean, like that, for example, was amazing. Rock and roller coaster. It's a funny business trip. Hello. I mean, like, I love rock music and I love roller coasters. So that one for me is an, will always be a favorite. Um, but then. You know, just a simple little teacup twirl. Like, if, sometimes that's just, like, the best. Um, so I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I always say I'm bad at favorites because it really depends on the day. Um, but I think that, uh, I think the great part is that if you just want to sit and people watch, great. And I think the way that the, you know, if you want to ride every single thing, you want to park hop, you know, you're doing sports and you're doing, you know, the nightlife and all of that. I think, I think the brilliance of kind of, of the way the shows were written and put together is that there were certainly highlighted things, but there was so much in there. Like we talked about pretty much everything without saying everything is everything. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So I think that uh, it was a really just, I mean, I remember when I moved to California and I, the first time I went to Disneyland, people are like, oh, you need to pace yourself. There's no way you're going to do Disneyland and California Adventure in the same day. And I'm thinking, okay, because I have Disney World portions in my mind. And I get there and I'm like, are they kidding me right now? <laughs> I can do Disneyland and California Adventure six times in their entirety in the same afternoon. It was just crazy like the scale the mm -hmm. difference and so it made sense to me when people say oh we're only going to do one park and i was like really and now i understand absolutely if you do more than a couple of parks in a week that's pretty ambitious so i just think it's wild that there's still more that could happen there 
it's just I have to yeah. say, Stacey, I'm I'm kind of laughing when you brought up Expedition Everest. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you the number of times I've been at the top when you're stopped, and I go, there doesn't seem to be any track. <laughs> I literally like look at my kids or whoever's around. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's automatic. It's like, it's it true. doesn't seem to be any track. And I'm, if I'm thinking in your voice, of course, I'm not saying it in your voice. And I literally, those are the kind of, think I about love- it. When people are quoting you, that's big, right? If you're being quoted, you've done something pretty big. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I just laugh at some of those. But when I am there, I literally can't go to the top. And of course, you're stopped and not think of you and the words that you said every time. Just say it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the people that didn't really appreciate me, that didn't like me at all, yet they knew every single word. And I'm thinking, if you gave me that much, you had to watch it a lot. So exactly. did you think it was like the love to hate? Mm-hmm. That was what I was doing. Oh, she's so annoying, and uh, uh, she screams too much, and uh, she's too happy, and like you know what? I would love to be hated for being too happy. Thank you very much for coming. Absolutely. Although I have to tell you, Stacey, I don't want to speak for Jared. Every word verbatim, and they would send me every word awful messages and just be like you're so annoying and uh, and just like especially when you say this and when you go get classic, and I'm going, you just quoted the entire show. So, hmm. Yeah. I have to say though, Stacy, and I mean this honestly, and Jared, you can tell me if you agree or not, but in all the years, I have never heard, and I'm being real, a negative word about you. It in my world, it's been oh, thank you. ultra like everybody that I've run across, and I've run across a lot of Disney fans, never heard a negative, like annoying. Hum- too happy it's stacy's part of our vacation yeah that's what i've always heard no i mean i can confirm dark web dark web places people i mean and listen at this point in my my life i mean i'm kind of bulletproof um and i don't you know i don't think anyone can hurt you without your permission so if you allow people (laughs) to hurt you great like you can dish it out at me i can choose to accept it or not but I exactly. just always thought it was funny um, when people would take the time to find me, whether it's through my website or on YouTube, or they would literally have taken time to find me just to spew very unkind things. I'm like, you know, that's hmm. a lot more about what's going on with you than anything that I did. But okay, I yeah. sent you with Amen. and uh, I wish. Agreed. You- yeah. But, no, um, it, absolutely true. I mean, the, look, the truth is, Stacey is, well, first of all, I'm with Alyssa. I, I've never personally ever heard anything bad said about you. I, I've only ever seen, I still see tweets like once every single week. I'm on Twitter way too much, to be honest, but <laughs> I still see, I still see tweets like once a week saying, bring Stacey back. Do you miss mm-hmm. Stacey? I, I seriously, I'm not making that up. But um, for every one negative comment, there's probably 50 positive ones. I can tell you that. And also, um, you know, the the truth is, is like you were saying before, if you're out here quoting every single thing that you're (laughs) saying, then uh, it sounds like you're really not as much of a hater as you think you are because you're memorizing these, you know, so. I mean, and I'm talking about 
every little ad lib. I mean, you have to watch, especially the top seven was like encrusted with so much stuff. <laughs> and then, you know, like the people, then when the and when Must Do came out and we had the whole studio component, you know, with the green screen and stuff. And there was a, a lot of people that were very upset. They're like, you don't seem happy and you're not energetic. And and I was like, I am. But, you know, it's the direction of the show. I have to follow my director's direction. And, you know, so I think, again, it just kind of comes down to and now with people that are very upset. And I'm sorry, you know, I, I didn't I didn't leave. I didn't, you know, fire myself. Um but I think it's just people that, that are kind of grieving the change and not wanting things to change. I mean, in a world that's changing constantly, I think there's things that you just don't want to miss or, or have different. And I'm, so I, I feel for that. And I, but I just say, you know, well, there's ways to get it in your life. It doesn't, you know, grow and evolve with what's ever new now, but it's still there. And, and a lot of it is still there, but you know, a lot it of lives it lives forever. You couldn't do it now. Um, yeah. It, it wouldn't, it wouldn't exist this way. So I think, I don't know what the show would even look like now. If, if it, it, it was, it was in its right time, mm -hmm. you know, yes, it was true. there when, like you said, when it was supposed to be there, but the best part, and this is my takeaway as much as I miss walking into a, I mean, we live local, so we're not really in the yeah. resort rooms all that much. But when I do, do I miss it? Absolutely. But I, like I said, I smile because you, it was there. I'm not sad because it's not there. I just say, if anytime I want to watch it, I can pull you up on YouTube and I can listen to it all day long. If, it, if that's what I need to bring myself back to that place. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the best part about it is you will always live in the hearts of so many Disney fans. Um, and I just want to say on a personal level, thank you for being such a big part of my Disney journey. Um, you, you, you enhanced my Disney journey and, and were a part of many, many magical moments. So I just want to personally thank you for that. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for including me. It means so, so much to me. It never, it never is something I take for granted. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So no, to be honest with you, Stacey, I, I, I'm dead serious. I'm looking at my questions and we missed like three or four of them. We could go on for another hour or two just talking <laughs> with you and chatting with you about so many different experiences and, and different, you know, perspectives. Uh, but either way, this has been a fantastic episode. Easily one of, one of my personal favorites. And, and I've been doing this podcast for almost a year now. Uh, we've had a lot of great guests on from from Disney content creators to a few Imagineers, um, you know, a lot of just wonderful actors and, and character performers. But this is among the, the very best podcast episodes we've ever done, without a doubt. And I'm not making that up. One of the things that I seem to really like about you and I thought would be the case is uh, you're you're very genuine. The way you come across, it, you tell these stories and you tell things and, and it it feels like I'm going in a time machine and watching, watching the show again. Cause it's like the same, you know, like you're not, you're not inauthentic. You're the same as you were on the show as you are in real life. And in my opinion, that's one of the, the best compliments that I ever get when people say that to me. And, and I hope you're proud of that yourself because people, people truly love authenticity. And, and I, I don't think I've met too many people as authentic as you are. So we really appreciate you for coming on the show. But before we wrap up, I do want to ask, 
Uh, I know you've done some stuff outside of the Disney sphere. Uh, so um, I wanted to, and I know you can't talk about present or future projects due to the ongoing uh, strikes that are happening right now. Uh, but some some past projects maybe that that people might be interested in being like, oh, wow, that was Stacy too. And also, um, where can we send our listeners and viewers to learn more about you now? I know, again, uh, I don't want to get you in trouble with talking about anything you're currently working on. But I just mean, um, where can our guests or listeners or viewers uh, go check out more about Stacy presently, um, keep up with you? And also, uh, if there's any any cool projects you've worked on in the past outside of uh, this one that people might know about. Uh, well, thank you for that. Um, I, you know, I haven't been super social on social media these days. <laughs> I'm kind of, you know, taking care of um, some family. And so that's kind of been my focus, which is part of the reason that I, well, the reason I did move to Florida. Um, but I, I have my website, stacyjaswa.com. Um, you know, animals are a huge passion for me. And so people can get a signed photograph, um, and that donation will go towards animal charities. And I'm a huge, uh, you know, for me, I mean, I, I, if someone can take our veterans off the street and take children and, and, um, animals and, and I would like to be a part of ending cruelty and homelessness. You know, people always say, what's your superpower? If I, if I could have a superpower, it would not be to fly. It would be to end suffering. And so for me, um, a big thing that I've kind of been taking on since I moved here is, is the overpopulation of animals and doing TNVR, trap, neuter, vaccinate, return. I've done that with animals in my community. And I would just encourage people, sound like Bob Barker. I guess I, he, he imprinted on me as a little girl, um, you know, spay and neuter your animals. And if there are stray animals in your community, feeding them is wonderful, but close the circle and humanely trap them and get them fixed so that we can stop the overpopulation because it's not their fault that there's so many yeah. humans choices. So, um, but, you know, so that's something that uh, if people want to be a part of that, um, that would help with that. But uh, I have my podcast, Vio Buzz Weekly, which is on YouTube and um, on all the streaming uh, platforms. And we are doing a more of a how-to space because there's a lot of interviews with voiceover stuff going on. But this is sort of, you go behind the scenes of what making a professional voiceover demo does and so like I write all the scripts for the demos and then Chuck Duran my partner he does the production and the direction and we so you can get to see how it actually works so for those that are interested in pursuing voiceover or just want to see how it goes that's kind of where we've taken the show um in the new direction of that um yeah there's some video game stuff commercial stuff I just I can't really talk about it um some promo things but you know you if you if you know me you'll go oh i think that's her that's her isn't it <laughs> uh i just i don't know i'm not super braggy about what i'm doing i kind of feel like i work hard in silence and let the success make the noise that's kind of my thing but um but yeah i haven't been doing a lot of social media it's just been it's been a lot really busy time so um but yeah i mean i appreciate i i try to get back to everyone when they when they send me messages and um, I really just appreciate the time you guys and preparation you guys have taken to have me on. And again, for all that you do for everyone is beautiful. And I'm honored to be a part of that legacy you're creating as well. And I have to say, Stacey, it'd be remiss if we, I know it's getting over time. Jared's like, oh, 
but I have to say, <laughs> no, it's fine. You, I, I've loved you from the minute, like I said, I walked into the resort room and saw you. I've just been a huge fan. But now that I just heard about your love of animals, mm-hmm. you and I have a great commonality because my two favorite things in life are Disney and helping animals. Um, and you mentioned about the spay neuter. I was very sad when I heard Bob Barker died because obviously, you know, Betty White, you know, yeah. Mary Tyler Moore, um, you know, when people put their, um, maybe this is a loose word, fame mm-hmm. or their whatever behind helping those that can't help themselves. I'm a huge fan. I, Sometimes I hate to say this. Sometimes I love animals more than some people. Uh, <laughs> just gonna say that. Not you guys. Um, so I just want to say you've just my heart just grew like ten times hearing not only that I love you for what you've done for the mustus, but that you are beh- that you back animal charities and animal, you know, anti you know a- animal cruelty and all that because that is just so near and dear to me. So. Like, wow, that's all I'm going to say. And I just want to say it was an absolute beyond a privilege to meet you in this forum because you are more special and more amazing than I thought before we even started an hour ago. It's been an absolute privilege. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, You guys are just beautiful people. And I, and I know you touch so many lives and your names are being spoken in places you don't even know. And, um, and I hope that you realize that and appreciate that. And, um, I, I thank everyone who's watched or listened and, um, you know, I just, I just hope that we will all continue to put our own version of magic into the world and our own version of goodness, because it doesn't have to ever be noticed, but it's felt and it matters and it makes a difference. And, if each one of us commits to being better tomorrow than we were today and making things better than they were yesterday, I think then the world will change. And I believe that light and love always wins. It doesn't always seem like it is, but it does. And it, you know, and while there is breath in my body, I will not, I will not let the darkness win ever. You're a beautiful yeah. person, Stacey. Thank you so much for this. It's just amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Truly. Thank you so much for coming on. And one of the things that I don't think you, I I don't know if you've been told this before, but you drop a lot of really amazing quotes uh, that you need to start coining or something because uh, I kept listening and I'd be like, Ooh, that was good. I was like ready to start writing them down or something. Uh, But no, uh, a lot of great sound bites. I hope everybody who's listened and watched this episode took a lot from it. Uh, learned uh, from someone who brought a lot of joy to a lot of people uh, throughout, um, you know, many years at uh, at Disney. Um, but beyond that, learned a little bit about who Stacy was as a person and everything like that. I'm sure we're going to have lots of new viewers and new listeners to the podcast this week uh, who are clicking on this because of Stacy and maybe not Jared, and that's okay. That's fine. Uh, but if you are new, welcome. We really, really appreciate you uh, for tuning in to this podcast. Uh, we cover the Disney news. Don't just listen, subscribe. 
Yeah, subscribe. What Stacy said. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna take that sound bite, put it everywhere, Stacy. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> no. But please do uh, check out more of our content. Um, Mickey Blog covers the Disney parks and the Disney brand as a whole, twenty four seven, every single day, all year round. Um, of course, go check out our friends over at Mickey Travels if you need help planning a Disney vacation. And we can't wait to see you next Friday in another edition of the Mickey Blog Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time.